Hey, before we get into the episode, I want to update you guys that we just announced Starting Small Summit 2024. We launched Starting Small Summit in 2022 with an amazing panel of founders. We flew in for a live event that carried on to 2023, and now we're excited to do our third annual event this year in the Midwest. So make sure to click the link in this description so you can find more information on that and find more about our speakers and enjoy the episode. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small, a podcast about brand development, entrepreneurship, and innovation in the modern world. In this episode, I'm joined by Gara Post of The Now Massage, their go-to ritual for relaxation with 50 plus locations from coast to coast. It's ironic because I had the chance to go to The Now Massage in one of their locations in Chicago, and I happened to walk in and Gara was actually at my right. Out of all their locations in the short time I was in Chicago, she happened to be in the same spot at the same time. Make sure to check that photo out on our Instagram now. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small. Today, I'm joined by Gara Post, of the Now Massage. Gara, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Cam. So happy to be here. And I'm even more excited that you pronounced my first name correctly. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, I'd like to start out with your upbringing. Um, where did you grow up and what would you say your childhood was like? Sure. I am a tried and true New Yorker. Grew up in New York. My parents were actually divorced when I was two, so I sort of split my time between Long Island, Manhattan, and then just right outside the city, upstate, a little town called Garrison. Okay. My childhood, I'd say it was pretty traditional in the sense, you know, besides for the divorce, it was pretty Mm. traditional. I hung with my friends, did a lot of typical childhood stuff. And then, you know, when I was with my dad and my stepmom, we would go antiquing a lot. We were, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of shopping, a lot of just kind of, it's a really nice and thoughtful childhood for sure. Yeah. Amazing. Growing up, what were some of your aspirations? Um, Say like through grade school, were you in athletics or what were some of those interests? Uh, I I wasn't a competitive athlete, but I love sports, of of course. Um, You know, my interest really lied in fashion back then and also, believe it or not, wellness when wellness wasn't even a word back then. But my mom and my aunt owned a waxing company that they also Mm. did facials as well. And my dad and my stepmom were in the fashion industry. So I was really surrounded by a lot of kind of what inspired me, you know, Mm. to build my business today. Yeah, for sure. So growing up around that, did you um, contribute at all or get a part of the business or get your hands dirty with that? What, What did that look like? Interesting. So we're just talking about this. Um, I definitely did not work in a waxing salon, but I have a lot of recollections specifically, you know, the smells and the tastes and just sort of that guest experience. Cause we're talking back in the eighties, you know, and that was definitely certainly not a focus back then. Mm. And of course I would go with my dad and my stepmom on trips. We traveled a lot. Um, I'd hang out at their offices. So I think through osmosis definitely played a big role in, um, inspiring me for sure. For sure. So I saw you went on to study at uh, Arizona state. What led you to go in there, first of all? And then also, uh, what did you study? Go Sun Devils, first of all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was a marketing major. Interestingly enough, my husband and I grew up together. He's also my business partner. And he went to Arizona State as well. And, you know, I think there's a lot of pressure surrounding what you want to do in your life Mm. as a, you know, growing up. People always say, what do you want to do? I actually didn't know what I want to do. When I reflect, I think, okay, there's a lot of things that really played a role in impacting my career path for sure. But I really didn't have an idea, you know, and choosing marketing felt like the right choice. Um, I love people. I love connecting with people. I love marketing myself. So lo and behold. Yeah. 
That's what I did. Amazing. So um, I know you, you said you didn't know what you wanted to do at that time, but getting closer to like that senior year, for example, did you get into internships or post-graduation? What did that next step look like then? Sure, sure. I, you know, I actually, my mom had moved out to Los Angeles when I graduated high school, which is how I ended up in LA. Mm -hmm. And back then you would come to LA to work in entertainment because that's really what was, that was the hub. Yeah. So I would intern throughout college. I had a couple of internships at Paramount, um, different sort of entertainment based companies. Mm -hmm. And then that sort of lends into everything kind of else. You know, when I graduated college, I actually worked for the president of Universal Television Group. Wow. Which is really exciting. I mean, I was 21 and I had this big gig as being his first assistant. And I honestly, oh. truthfully, did not even know what I was doing, you yeah. know, back then. And that's really where I was inspired to kick off my journey um, into the jewelry space. I started mm. beating at the desk, which, you know, was really um, interesting. I was sneaking, kind of beating bracelets under the desk, beating necklaces. And, <laughs> and that sort of lent into the development of me launching Gara Danielle Jewelry. Wow, incredible. Just for the listeners out there, like right out of school, landing a position like that, how did that come about? If you're able to share, like I'm, I'm curious. Sure, 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 sure. I actually remember there was nothing like a LinkedIn, um, you know, God, I'm really aging myself. And, and that's great because <laughs> I love being mature in this space. But I was introduced through, I think, a friend of a friend. And for me, I always have this skill set of connecting with people. I'm really, really personable. I love hearing people's stories. I love, you know, having conversations and engaging in that way. Yeah. So I think I just went in for an interview. I really connected with the people. I was really authentic. Mm. Um, I am still super authentic and honest. And I was really just myself. I was young. I was nervous. By the way, I had no idea what I was doing. And I think that's okay to say because there's yeah. so much pressure on what you should be doing. I did not know, but I was honest about who I was. And I had those honest conversations and it landed me the gig. Wow. That's incredible. So getting into kind of then your own venture, you're, you're starting beating while at this job. So how did that eventually launch? Were you just selling to friends or did you officially know this was going to be a business? How did that kind of roll out? So again, my husband plays a role in really pushing me out of my comfort zone every day. So I started beating at my desk and yeah. I was working with reality TV producers and stars, but this is back when reality was Maury Povich, Sally Jesse, Jerry Springer. Yeah. You know, it was really a different landscape than it is today. Yeah. So it was selling to all the stylists, everyone wanted to support me. And also, you know, entrepreneurs weren't 13, they weren't 10 back in the day. You know, now it's like yeah. everyone could be an entrepreneur, Yeah. especially, you know, with TikTok and all these social media platforms. But I was young, I was 21 and 22, and I was beating and I was excited, you know, and I realized, wow, people are connecting to this. And, and the pivotal point was when I walked into Fred Siegel, which was the hottest store in LA, mm. and I met the buyer, his name is John Ashaya, and I, I wonder to this day if, the, if he knows the impact he's had on me. Uh. And he said, I love your jewelry, I want to buy your collection, and I went home. I didn't have a collection. Wow. I had two necklaces on my neck, you know, a couple <laughs> of pieces I was selling to uh, the producers as well. And I just started making this entire collection, and he bought the entire collection and then he started introducing me to all these different showrooms and and different wow. buyers and that was really a pivotal moment for me in the, my career mm, wow so at this point then uh, once you launched this quote collection did, what did you establish a line at this point and then all of a sudden more buyers came on what did that next like step look like for you 
Sure. Um, I did, you know, I had a small collection, a small line, and I just started walking into different boutiques locally. Mm. And I would just start meeting with people. And for me, that's the best, most authentic way you can sell everything or anything. Have those authentic experiences. Yeah. So I just wear my jewelry and people would say, oh my gosh, I love this necklace. It seems so different. It seems so unique. Who made it? And that would really spearhead the conversations. And then it just kind of flowed. You know, like I said, I'm super, you know, personable. And I just started getting introduced to more and more people. And then I got connected to my first showroom in New York, mm. which really was a pivotal moment. I started working with my publicist, who I was introduced to as well. And celebrities started wearing it. And it really was just this like monumental moment for me. You know, yeah. you run to the magazine stands. We don't even have to do that anymore. You'd go to magazine stands yeah. and you'd see just a picture of someone wearing your jewelry. And you would just say, oh my gosh, like this is actually super yeah. real. And then it sort of morphed into this real big business where I had 500 plus, you know, locations I was selling and wow. I've got eight different showrooms globally. And it was a, it was a pretty uh, established brand for sure. That's incredible. I'm curious the listeners are wondering as well, at this point, once you start growing, especially more locations, how do you produce then at that point? At what point do you pass the level of a, you're making every bracelet, for example? Yeah, I was losing. I thought I had carpal tunnel. I was literally <laughs> losing my mind because I was feeding and doing this. And and yeah. again, I'm a connector. It comes back to really having those connections with people and understanding what your needs are and surrounding yourself around, you know, a great team. Yeah. Um, it was just I started just asking people, can you make jewelry? Can I teach you how to make jewelry? So I had about. God, right away, it was three to four people that just said, I want to work with you. I want to learn. So we would sit there on the floor of my like, God, one bedroom apartment and just bead and bead. And, you know, your hands would hurt, but it still was so fun because it yeah. was so, it was just exciting. It was a, an exciting opportunity. And also I was giving people, a, you know, a uh, a place to, to work and to thrive as well. Yeah, for sure. At what point do you realize um, the company's really scaling? Or what point can you um, leave, say, some of the showrooms or eventually get into online? I know that e-commerce space eventually probably evolved for you guys. Um, at what point was that? I did. I, I want to say probably pretty relatively quick because the showrooms are there to really spearhead yeah. you know, and drive you know, your success. So I want to say it was pretty fair. But you know, online shopping wasn't so pivotal at this point. I mean, you're talking yeah. pre 9-11. I know I'm aging myself completely, but it was a different experience. You know, yeah. Barney's was one of my biggest online retailers. Still mm. to this day, I'm so sad that Barney's <laughs> went out of business. It uh. played such a role in the success of my brands. But, you know, I, it was quick. We were selling online for sure. Nordstrom's, Anthropology, all of the big kind of, you know, department stores mm -hmm. for sure. And of course, then I had to... My distribution looked a little bit different, you know, yeah. from there. I was, we were still shipping out of our office. We moved from my apartment to an office and we were still shipping. We were pretty mom and pop, even though yeah. we looked to be so much bigger than we were. Interesting. At, at this time then, what, what, what would you say is the main demographic for the jewelry as you, as you began to build and scale at that point? Was, what was it? What was that? I want to say the demo was probably, I mean, I'm Gen X, but you're talking, I mean, Maybe it was it was me. It was definitely the Gen X. It was anyone and everyone loved yeah. jewelry, whether it was the boomers, you know, millennials back then were young, too. But anyone from like, you know, I want to say who was I was doing kids jewelry all the way up to grandparents. So everyone mm. fit that bill. Yeah, for sure. So I, I think what's really 
interesting about your journey is you went from jewelry and then all of a sudden we get into kind of like a service business at massages and 2015, the now massage officially launches. What does this transition look like and what inspired that coming out of all these years prior and successful jewelry? Sure. So my husband and I own a company called Post Investment Group, where we focus on a bunch of different businesses, primarily in the consumer goods space, the massage space, and the real estate space. So we've always been hyper-focused. We've always been serial entrepreneurs. Yeah. Um, in 2000, I want to say about 10 years ago, so in 2013, the concept of the now is actually brought to us. We are big investors. We knew with my background in design, you know, specifically jewelry. Also, I have a background in interior design, which I love to do as well. We knew that we were able to kind of bring this to fruition. There was nothing out there in the market that existed in the massage space. If you wanted, excuse me, in the affordable, luxurious massage space, if you wanted an unbelievable experience, maybe you're getting massages on vacation. It was yeah. very expensive, perhaps. And then if you didn't have such a big budget, you were going to a local mom and pop where it mm. didn't feel affordable. Excuse me. It didn't feel aspirational. It didn't feel exciting or inspirational. Yeah. You know, so the idea of the now is really birthed out of the necessity for an affordable, luxurious, elevated massage experience. Mm-hmm. I hope you guys are enjoying this episode so far around Gara's entrepreneurial journey. I'd like to pause and say thank you to this episode's mid-break sponsor, Chubby's. The everyday apparel brand for all kinds of one of a kinds is best known for their high quality and comfortable pieces. From shorts to swim trunks, pants to polos, shirts and jackets, they make it all in a range of colors, sizes and patterns from bright and bold and relaxed and neutral. As a brand, Chubby's brings the fun to fashion and aims to make more people feel comfortable being themselves more of the time. Whether you're headed to the office, to the green to play around a golf, or hitting the courts for a game of pickleball, Chubby's has you covered from head to toe. For anyone who still needs to purchase a gift for the holiday season, consider getting something from out of the box, non-traditional brand that won't disappoint. Make sure to check out Chubby's online at chubbies.com or stop in the retail stores with locations in Atlanta, Charleston, Myrtle Beach, Houston, South Lake, and Tampa. Enjoy the rest of the episode. At launch, um, what what did that first kind of location look like for you guys and the development of that? Was that already established when you when you went on board or what was that? <laughs> it, was, it was pretty hectic. I mean, we're serial entrepreneurs and we're getting into a space that we had no experience in. We would throw yeah. things at the wall, see what would stick. I was interviewing massage therapists. <laughs> I had no idea. And I'm very transparent about that. I think it's important for anyone looking to get into any space to say to themselves, I don't necessarily need to have this experience, but I need Mm. to have the passion. I have that passion and I have that drive along with my husband. Mm -hmm. So we knew we can bring that to the table. Again, just kind of piggybacking off of the guest experience. And, you know, that is critical to, to the success. I did have that guest experience with my jewelry line as well. So Mm. I was able to parlay that into, you know, bringing that guest experience in to the massage yeah. space. So those kind of those first key hires, what what, what is that, especially getting into the massage space? I'm, I'm not sure. So <laughs> well, what, what did that? Cam, you need massage therapists, right? Those are yeah. first key hires. You yeah. also need a really great established team who has experience. Yeah. So we did not bring on the first key hires until later on. My husband and I were just, you know, I was at the ground level running the boutique learning day to day. I was Mm. picking up sheets, bringing them to the laundromat. I was getting dirty. I was doing everything and anything to make sure that this brand could be successful. I was meeting all the editors. I was shooting, you know, Instagram. We were doing anything and everything right now. You're talking 2015 to make sure that it happened. 
you know, yeah. after I want to say it took about a couple of years, we went from one to four locations in 18 months. Wow. And you know, then we started bringing on some real key hires that could help us scale the business yeah. once we decided to franchise as well. Yeah. That's a, a great segue. I would love to get into what, what was the reasoning uh, behind kind of that 18 months, that early um, location expansion? What, what was the driving force behind that? So we went from one to four locations very quickly. And I, you know, I often reflect on that. And it was, it, it was a uh, pretty intense time for sure. You know, my yeah. husband's in the real estate space. So we, we, he was just driving that. And after we opened our fourth location, we sat back to look at proof of concept. I started yeah. developing products because that's something I'm always very passionate about. I do not have a background in that. Yeah. We said, wow, people are really connecting to the brands. People really love this brand. Are we going to open more corporate locations or are we going to go the franchise route? Mm. And I, you know, I sort of took a step back and and said, you know, I'm not sure about franchising. I'm a little apprehensive about that space. Yeah. At the time, I wasn't sure there was a brand out there that had the type of brand's integrity that the now has. Yeah. And um, what we said was, as as serial entrepreneurs, let's give it a shot because this is such a community-driven brand. It is so important to connect to our guests at yeah. the ground level and to meet with other franchise owners or other owners, I'd say, who yeah. are just as passionate and who want to make an impact on the community. Mm -hmm. And it's very difficult to do and to scale, I think, successfully or quickly um, if you're not franchising. Yeah. Now, that, that's a great point. I, I, I would love to hear kind of what do you guys look for in a franchise owner, especially those early days? Yeah. You guys want to be able to scale. And that's I mean, if you get a wrong franchise owner, it could really set it back. So. You're right. You're right. And you know what? We didn't know. You know, yeah. we, we did have a reputation of being picky. I think maybe we still do. And I kind of like that because it means that we're doing something right. We're finding those franchise owners who want to diversify their portfolio, yeah. who have a passion for wellness, a passion for community, a passion for team building. And of course, you know, even it's a cherry on top if they have a passion for massage too, you know, yeah. not a necessity, but for sure. Um, so, you know, that's sort of what we're looking for. We're looking for people who really want to make an impact um, in their community as well. Mm -hmm. Yep. So what does the onboarding process look like for a, like a new franchise owner? So like we know the restaurant business, you get kind of the IP, you get the, the materials, the um, equipment. What does that look like for a service business like a massage? Sure. Well, we have people, of course, we talked about, you know, bringing on key talent and key, you know, bring on the right people to help you scale a business. And yeah. we have brought on the right talent. Yeah. So right now it looks a lot different than it did when we really weren't sure what we were doing. You know, mm. we really built that out. So we, of course, have an onboarding team who will walk you through the entire process as soon as, you know, we can start back to discovery days, you know, where we're selling the now, yep. where the fly out candidates fly out to meet with us. I'm giving tours around the boutiques. Mm. They are experiencing massage. They're coming to our corporate offices. They're meeting the team because it's really critical to know who you are getting in business with. Yeah. You know, if you're selling a 10 year lease, you want to understand, okay, who are these people? Yeah. You know, and can they help me scale successfully? Mm. So they're out here in LA. And then of course, if we decide that we want to move forward, then they go through the entire onboarding process, which is very meticulous. We are holding their hands, everything from real estate identification, mm. you know, to then marketing, to pre-opening, then to getting them opening, hiring. What does that look like? Yeah. Finding your manager is critical to the success of the now. Yeah. 100% critical. Hiring all of that talent is really, really important. And of course, our operations team comes into play. Our marketing strategy is 
really important as well. And then we're with you throughout the duration. We've got a really strong, solid support team to ensure the success of our franchise owners. Love it. What, what's the strategic um, side of choosing locations from your guys' point of view? Um, do you have franchise owners come in and look at those or do you guys kind of like pinpoint where those would be and what's the strategy behind that? A little bit of both. We see franchise candidates coming in and saying, okay, I have a real estate, I've identified real estate. I know exactly where we want to be. Yeah. Does that mean that it actually, you know, checks all the boxes for us? Maybe, maybe not, but we yeah. work with them to ensure the success, of course. And then if not, we have a team of, you know, our, our entire real estate team is there to help set all of our candidates up for success to help identify those spaces, to really find those, I want to say those those boxes, we call them. So what do those look like? Whether it's 2,200 square feet, 2,000 square feet, what is the perfect box where we can fit, whether it's eight massage rooms, 10 massage rooms, to ensure that they are successful? Yep. Incredible. So I know you guys have evolved through the years since launch. Uh, for the listeners out there, so someone was to walk into the now today, for example, what you stress on the guest experience. What What would that look like for a new guest? First of all, I want to ask you, have you ever been to an now massage? So I've, I, so I lived in Santa Monica last year and I've seen them. I've never been in sadly, but next time I visit, I will. That's I will. okay. Where do you live now? I'm in uh, South Bend, Indiana, but nice. I, I go back to LA quite often in New York, but I'll make awesome. sure to visit next time I'm there. Next time sure. you're there, we will take care of that. Oh, uh, I appreciate it. <laughs> So, you know, the, the the now massage is really an oasis. It's really a destination. You know, um, people will walk in and immediately escape to that vacation state of mind. We have our signature jasmine coconut candle, which really transports you to that vacation state of mind. It's a very minimalistic, chic, beautiful interior. Everything is whitewashed. We have cactus galleries. We have, you know, our design elements, which really lend to that overall guest experience. Mm. You walk in, we have beautiful crystals. We have crystal galleries there that I can get into a little bit later. But of course, they're beautiful to look at. Content creators love to come in and take selfies there and then share the love on social media. Yeah. Um, you walk into at what we call our journey room, which is immediately an escape. We like to say we offer a space where guests can disconnect from the outside world to reconnect within. Mm. So our massage rooms are separated by drapery. Yeah. So it really lends to that vacation state of mind. We have ocean waves on loop because there's nothing worse than getting a massage and not enjoying the music, right? Yeah. yeah. Sounds you know, incredible. and of course our team member experience is amazing too. You know, all of this really lends to an overall elevated guest experience. People, guests can come out of course and take a piece of our product home to really help you know, elevate their self-care, at-home self-care routine. Mm. Sounds incredible. Talking on uh, the marketing side uh, for you guys, what, what do you find that works best uh, for the now on the organic side? I know you mentioned like uh, influencers and creators will come in. Sure. So what, what does that look like for you guys? Sure. So so we really built the brands on Instagram. You're talking 2015 yeah. when it was really, it was just like, beginning stages of influencers, you know, and I think that our brand is such a community driven brand. And that's why franchise owners and guests and perhaps content creators, influencers, editors connect to our brands. They really feel that at its core. So, so like I said, it's really our marketing strategy, you know, has evolved over time, of course, but we really want to stress the importance of connecting to the community. And that's what our franchise owners do. So whether it's partnerships, local partnerships, national partnerships that we help spearhead at the corporate level, 
of course, or just pop-ups. It is so critical that our franchise owners understand that is that is part of the strategy. We have an incredible marketing and influencer program here that we help work with our you know franchise owners so they can be successful at connecting to their community as well. Yeah, incredible. Do you, do you guys see the potential eventually moving into new regions in the U.S.? Um, if so, sure. what, where would you where would you think that would be next? If you can share, sure, sure, sure. So you know we are looking to sign agreements. I want to say in the Washington D.C. area, mm. Boston, Philly, um, Salt Lake City. Awesome. We love Salt Lake. Minneapolis, St. Louis. There's a lot of different markets we're trying to get into, but we've got some strong, solid markets right yeah. now that we're really excited about as well. Incredible. Well, Dara, thank you um, so much for joining me. And I, I like to conclude each episode with this, um, with all this experience prior that you've had, especially with the jewelry and then now the service side. Um, what would you say is a piece of advice you would, you would share with an aspiring entrepreneur? Maybe something you've learned or regret? What would that be? Sure. So I think it's important to, you know, find some sort of product or service that you're passionate about mm. that perhaps can make an impact on the community. I also think it's equally important to have a mindfulness practice and also to connect with whether it's a mentor, a coach, or a therapist to help keep you grounded mm. because business is so challenging, Cam. It really is. And it can get very overwhelming, but it's really important to stay grounded and balanced throughout the entire process. Yeah, for sure. Well, Gara, thank you so much for joining me. And to the listeners out there, make sure to check out The Now at thenowmassage.com. Awesome. Thanks, Cam. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Starting Small. If you would, leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Also, follow Starting Small on social platforms and make sure to subscribe to our email so you don't miss anything on Starting Small Summit, more podcast episodes, or our online blog. You can find that link in this description.